Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, good morning and welcome to Tacoa Church. My name is Austin. I'm the lead pastor here. If we haven't met, would love to meet you in the coffee lounge after service. And we're excited for this season and what God is doing. Before we jump into my message, I want to give us an opportunity to worship through our tithes and our offerings, our giving, something we do to give back to God out of how He has blessed us. If this is your home, we want to invite you to participate with us in this way. And you can do that online or at the boxes by the doors. But I also want to let you know we've been talking about the, this amazing opportunity we've had with a matching grant for this Christmas season, this end of the year season, as we prepare for what God is going to do in 2023. I also want to celebrate that we are within $3,000 of our goal for the end of the year. So well done for your generosity and just trusting into what God and sowing into what God is going to do in this next year. I can't wait as we head into the new year to share with you some of what we have planned and where we feel God leading us into this new year. Um, but for now, we're going to celebrate this season and what God has for us. This week, we're starting a brand new season. It is a new season. It's also a new series called Christmas Cheer, and we're going to talk about the goodness, the joy of God that He has for us as we come to Christmas. And, you know, we, we're going to look at the, the meaning of what is Christmas. Why did He send Jesus, and what does that mean for us? Why, how does that affect us today? And I don't know how you're feeling as we start December. I can tell you that the average person in San Jose is feeling pressure, stress, challenging life, and then the season on top of it just adds a little bit more on it. I'm even getting some head nods in the audience. Yes, you, you guys know this. I know as your pastor, I know where you're at. I feel it too. Um, and I'm really excited. This last series was really powerful, I think, for our church. But I'm also excited to focus on some of the goodness of God in this next series and the cheer of God, which I think is something that probably a lot of us need in this season. I'm still going to challenge you today um, that's the gospel of Jesus, right? It requires a dying to self, and we give up our desires to Him, and that can be hard. But the good news is that He also brings life to us. And today we're going to talk about the light that He also brings to us. If you're here today looking for more cheer in your life, then this series is for you. If you're looking for more light in your life, this series is for you. Today is for you. We're going to dig in today because my series, my message today is called The Light. Actually, it's called Share the Light, not The Light. Share the Light. I'm going to get it right. Forgive me this morning. It was a crazy, crazy morning. I'm feeling the Christmas craziness this week was the same way for me. We even had to do a few changes, as some of you might notice, um, that have been here before. We don't have the giant projector anymore, so we, we had to change some things up here. But God is good, and it's, it's, it's going well. Um, so I'm going to talk about share the light and our lives. What I'm going to talk about today is how our lives are actually filled with cheer when we share the light. It's not when we keep it to ourselves. It's not that, and we're going to talk about this in some of the other weeks of this series of how do we receive more of the joy of God in our lives. 
But the thing I want to start this series with is the reality that when we have the light of God in our lives, which I'm going to light this candle, it's going to be our little representation of the light today. And when we have that in our lives, it's ultimately when we share that with others that we actually get to experience more of it for ourselves. It's a little bit maybe counterintuitive how, how we normally think, but this is the truth that the gospel shares with us, that the more we share the cheer of God and the Christmas cheer, the more we actually get to experience that in our own lives and in our own hearts. And as we think about the traditions of this year, I've been thinking about some of the traditions, and what I've been thinking about is some of these traditions are weird, guys. Like, this is, you know, it, it, you know the, the night before Christmas was the night before Christmas and not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Like, if you have mice in your house, you need to deal with that before Christmas. If you're wondering who eats the cookies that I set out for Santa every year for Christmas, it's the mice. You need to deal with the mice and get rid of the mice. There are some weird traditions. But there's also some truth, and the thing I love, and I'm, I'm going to try to bring some of this in this series, is that Christmas was around before um, some of the Christians even got involved in the holiday. And what some of the Christians decided was, you know what, there's some things in this season that we can use to point people to God. The reason we have Christmas trees with stars on the top, and we can use that to talk about what this season is really about. And what we're going to look at today, the light of God, right? Christmas lights are that. And there's some crazy people with Christmas lights in their, in their life out there. Um, and you just drive around the neighborhood, and I just wonder, where do they store all of these lights? How, how many days does it take to set all of them up? But I love what they mean and how it even got started. Christmas lights actually started with candles in trees, and they would melt some of the wax onto the branch of the tree and then stick the candle to the wax, and then they would have candles in the trees because they didn't have light bulbs. And then eventually they thought, this is not a good idea. Trees are starting to catch on fire. And so they started to put uh, jars over the candles so that they wouldn't burn and melt the tree down. And they, they did that for a few hundred years. And then they invented the light bulb and they said, this is better. And so that also burned down houses as they caught on fire. But we live in the 21st century and we have LED lights and we have fake Christmas trees and we don't have to worry about them burning down and catching fire anymore. But there are so many um, lights out there in the world and um, it's a celebration though. This is my first point this morning and this is what I want us to talk about. Christmas is a celebration of the light. And when you see Christmas lights this season, remember what they represent. Maybe not everybody that puts them out, but as a Christian, as a church, the reason we put lights out is to remind us of the true light that is Jesus. And we're telling God, we're telling the world about this light. We're telling them about Jesus. And right, we're celebrating Jesus Christ, who is the reason for the season and the light that pushes out the darkness. And I know it's a little cheesy, but it's still true even if it's cheesy. That's the reason for the season. That's why we're here. And, you know, we're in this world where things are different, but light has always been a bigger, big deal. And it was a really big deal at the time of Jesus because they didn't have light switches and light bulbs like we do today. Matter of fact, we live in the time where light has been changing so much dramatically. 
I remember um, when I was younger, I grew up in Minnesota, and we had a crazy parade in December in downtown in the middle of winter and the cold every year. And they would put lights on like buses and floats. And there's a picture of, you can figure out which one of those people is me. We don't have to stay on the slide too long. But, but the band would get dressed up in costumes and they would be lighted with lights and things. And it was amazing at the time. All right, we can move past that. Um, and it was amazing, but it, you, I literally, you would strap a giant car battery to your back and you would have to march with the car battery on your back because that's what powered these lights because they didn't have LEDs, they didn't have batteries like they do today. Lights have come a long way. And I want you to think, that, think about that as we head into Luke chapter 2. We're going to start our, our, uh, our message today. Luke chapter 2. But I want you to think about back in the time of Jesus, there were not even any lights like that. There was no car batteries. There was no light bulbs. Light was fire and the sun. That's what you had for light. Those were, your, those were really your two options. And so when you hear this story, I want you to think about being out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the night, and this is what happened. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Before Jesus is even born, he is announced in the light. And the angel is here is literally a messenger from God. They are, the, the, the word even for angel literally just means messenger. We have these fancy pictures of angels that, and all these different descriptions. We've got scary angels and warrior angels, and we've got the traditional one with the wings and all sorts of things. I think they're making an angel up in Tekoa Kids this morning. We don't really have a lot of descriptions in the Bible of what they really look like other than they were, they were really bright and shining messengers of God. And the angel came to bring some Christmas cheer, some good news. And this is what he talked about. And he talked about the angel of the Lord appearing in light. So let's focus on what it says. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Notice that the glory of the Lord shined. This is the representation of God's glory and who he is. It's so impactful that you actually can witness it through your eyes. His presence is that big and great. Matter of fact, his presence is so great that the, the angel of the Lord that gets sent to communicate the message of God that isn't even God himself is still shining with the light because the angel was sent from God. And I get it because the angels, remember what I was saying about there was no lights at this time. They're in the middle of nowhere. Maybe they had a bonfire around there and they had the stars. And, you know, if you've been in the middle of nowhere, maybe you've been out camping, you know, the stars in the middle of the night are a lot brighter than they are in San Jose when you go out at night. And so there is some light. Maybe the moon was full, but it was pretty dark and there was no searchlights. There was no spotlights. There was no flashlights. If you saw a giant shining light in the middle of the night, you would probably be a little bit afraid as well. I think it's important because, you know, we often encounter God when we're living in the darkness, and it can be a little bit of fearful for us, I think, when we encounter Him as well. Because we go from night 
to giant glory-filled light as the shepherds did, and they were scared. And that light can be as scary because it's such a transition. And it's a little bit normal, even if we, we are a follower of God, sometimes we encounter Him in new ways, and it can be a little bit scary because we are overwhelmed with the glory, the brightness of God and what He does in our lives. And I think sometimes, though, we, we go through life and we try to avoid God. And it's like the Lord of the Rings, and there's the eye, like, searching out over the land on the tower, and you, like a searchlight, and you're trying to avoid the light and, and get away from it. Or it comes upon you, and you're so scared that you, you jump away from it because you're blinded for a second. And it's like at night, if, if you turn on a bright light, and it's overwhelming— this happens. We black out the lights in here and we turn them on and I'm up here on the stage and I, I'm like, I can't see for, for 30 seconds. And it's overwhelming for a second, but then my eyes adjust and I can see so much better and I don't want to turn the light off. So I want to encourage you this morning, if, if, if you have an encounter with God and you all of a sudden are a little bit overwhelmed, sometimes it takes a minute to set, to settle in. And the shepherds were afraid, but the truth is still here. God has something to say to you when you're in that situation. He says, the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Right? We can be a little afraid sometimes when God shows up in his glory and majesty and it's more than we bargained for, it's more than we thought. But the truth that the angel speaks is truth for us. We don't need to be afraid of his presence. See, the light is good. It brings goodness. And the news that accompanies the angel coming is good. But we have to get over our fear of it so that we can embrace the good news of God. To give our time, our eyes, time to adjust to the light. And then we're never going to want to go back to living in the darkness. And God comes into our lives and it can be scary for a minute sometimes. We have to choose either to embrace it or to turn away. But living by the light is so much better for so many reasons that I'm going to get to in a minute. But let's look at John chapter 8, also about Jesus. He says this, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And I like to think of this as a question, and so I'm going to ask you this question. Who are you following? Who are you following? It's a perfect follow-up even from our last series. If you are following Jesus, you don't walk in the dark. John talks about this in his letters as well, of walking in the light or walking into the dark. And when we're following Jesus, we get to walk around with the light of God. And if you're in the darkness or lost, the good news is that when we're following Jesus, we get to bring the light with us because he, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he says, whoever follows me, and I, this is good news for us. You listen to that verse and it says, whoever follows me will walk in the light. It's not just a command, it's also good news. It means that all people that follow him get this. It's not limited to some people that follow Jesus. All people that follow Jesus get to walk in the light and are called to walk in the before I get to some of the attributes of light for us this morning, I want to go a little bit further for those of us that follow Jesus. He says this in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in 
the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are called to share the light of Jesus. This is our purpose in this world. Christmas is about sharing the cheer. We think about giving gifts or giving other things. And this is what matters for us. Because if we aren't shining the light, I'm going to come back to this, but listen to this. If we aren't shining the light, our light is in, our house, sorry, is in darkness. So if we have the light of God in our lives and we're shining it around, maybe doesn't look like much in this giant room, but this is the light of God in our lives. But, but he says something really important. Gonna, let's black out the lights for a second. We won't go all of them. I won't be too, too dramatic. But if we have the light around us, here's what happens. He says, if no one lights a candle and hides it under a basket, because now I can't see. Now you can't see. Right? I'm in darkness right now. Nobody does this because it would be pointless. There's no light when we do that. We can't see anymore when we do that. It's hidden from the world. As a matter of fact, if we leave it there too long, that candle won't even be lit anymore because it doesn't have the oxygen in the air of the room any longer. It's stuck in the darkness because it, we tried to keep it for ourselves. And we try to do the same thing if we try to keep the light of God just for ourselves. Like, oh, I don't want to share that with anybody. I'm just going to keep it to myself. The same thing will happen for us. Oh, I, five seconds too soon. I timed it last night. I timed it on my table. I, 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 like, I'm going to get this right. All right, we can turn the lights back on for a second. I timed it so that I would get it right. But right, it was, it was out, but it just barely came back to life. But this is true. If we hide it too long, it goes out. The other thing about this that I found out this week was if we light the candle and keep it to ourselves, nobody in our house can see either. And the funny thing is when we try to keep it for ourselves and we're like, oh, I don't want to I don't, I don't want to share with the world. Like, that's awkward. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to share with anybody. I don't want anybody to see me in my light. I'm going to keep it to myself. And the more that we keep it to ourselves, we can't see either. And we're in the darkness. And our house is in darkness. And the truth is, we need to be shining the light of God into the world and living out Jesus' command to be a city on a hill and not burn ourselves. But sometimes that happens. Sometimes it, we get burned a little bit. That wick is burning. That candle is burning. And sometimes it hurts a little bit to share the light with the world. But if we're not sharing it with the world, we are living in darkness and our house is living in darkness as well. That to sink in for a minute. Because we think, well, we'll just keep it to ourselves and then I have more light for myself. But if we just keep it to ourselves, we actually end up with no light for ourselves. But I want to do something else for a second. Go ahead. Everybody pull out your phone if you've got a phone here today. I 
All right, pull out your phone, turn on the flashlight. See how many, who's got a light in the room? If you don't have one, that's okay. We'll pull out our, 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 our lights here in the room. Let's black out the lights now. Now it's pretty light in here, actually, despite the giant room we're in. Because when we're living in community and we're sharing our light around, we get to all experience the light together. All right, we can put these away. We can turn the lights back on. But this is what happens when we live in community. Yeah, you, I can still see you if you have your phone out. People behind you can't, but I can up here. And they don't really matter anyways, right? That's the pastor can see you. All right, let me go back to my sh- statement. If we're not shining the light of God and we're trying to keep it to ourselves, we are living in darkness. And what I want you to see is that when the lights went out and we all had our lights out, it wasn't scary in here. Now, if we had really turned off all the lights, which I thought about doing, but it didn't seem like the best option this morning, then it was really in darkness, and we turned off all the lights. If it was just me up here with my candle, it would have been a little scary in this room. Without it, it would have been really scary if it was pitch black. But if we all have our light shining into the world, it's not scary when the darkness comes, and the darkness will come. We live in a sinful, broken world, but it's not scary when it comes. So let me tell you a few things about light that I think are true for us as we follow God as well. The first of these is light removes fear. Light removes fear. Maybe you still do this, but maybe remember as a kid, you know, it's scary when the lights go off. I don't know if you've ever done that trick where, like, you know, because the light switch is always only by the door in the bedroom. You know that trick where, like, you're a little afraid at night. Maybe you remember this as a kid. You were afraid of the dark. And so you flip the light switch off, and then you run as fast as you can, and you do, like, you know, some gymnastics trick into bed and, like, cover yourself with that 150 thread count sheet that's somehow going to protect you from the scary monsters of the darkness. But the light dispels the fear and keeps the fear away. Second thing about light is it gives direction. When there is light, the darkness is gone and we have a clear way to see and we know where the path is, especially if we're following somebody else that has light. Just like the headlights on a car showing the path as we drive, we can see where we're going. One time I was in the middle of the nowhere in the mountains and um, we didn't have phones, we didn't have flashlights, we didn't have anything. I was at this remote village in the mountains. And it, we went there during the daylight, so it was fine. But then we stayed too long, and it got dark, and it was night. And we had to go back, and it was like 45-minute hike back to where the cars were. There was no light between where we were and where the car was. And some guy in the village literally grabbed a... Like, it was practically a tree trunk. He grabbed a giant stick wrapped some rags around it, dipped it in oil, and lit it on fire like we were in Indiana Jones, and it was like Tomb Raider style going down the path. And there was 12 of us that just, as he just walked in front, holding the torch up high, that we just followed one after another because we knew the path. Light lights the way for us, and it shows us who, where to follow and where to go. It gives us direction, and ultimately, as I was able to follow him with the light, when we have God in our lives, Jesus, the light leads other people to Jesus, who is the true light that we're talking about this morning. A third thing is that light 
sustains and creates life. You have a plant or maybe even just a seed. What do you do? You water it. You put it in soil. It needs it to breathe, but it also needs the sunlight for it to grow. And if you don't, it dies. I know this for a fact. We tried to brighten up the bathroom a little bit and put a plant in there. It's a fake plant now because the real one didn't survive because there was no sun in there and it didn't work out. We need the sun. We need the light. Light sustains and creates life. And this world is hard. The last few years have been remarkably hard for many of us. Without Jesus, life is basically impossible. With Jesus, it becomes difficult but possible because we have his light creating and sustaining life for us. And lastly, light is comforting. I want to tell you this truth that if you were here last week, you know. Because we were in that other room last week, and it was great for all reasons, except if any new people came, we had no more space. We ran out of space in that room. (laughs) Other than that, it was great. But the funny thing is, we've been having issues with the heat, and we're continuing to work on it, and it's it's better in here this week. But the funny thing was, everybody was like, oh, it was better because it was warmer. And I said, you know what? I looked at the thermostat in both rooms. It was warmer, but do you know by how much? One degree. (laughs) One degree, not Celsius, Fahrenheit. It was one degree warmer in that room, but it felt warmer because we were all close together and because there was a fire. And because we saw that light in the room, our brains thought it was warmer in that space, even though in reality it was effectively no warmer than it had been in here the week before. Light is a comforting presence to us, especially when the lights go out. It is a comforting presence. I'm going to invite the band back up this morning. And I want to leave us with a few things. Our response to this this morning, we are called to be a light in the world if we follow Jesus. If you don't follow Jesus You can come to him and he wants to bring light to your life. But if we're already a follower of him, we're called to be light in this world. This season is a celebration of the light. The one and only true light that is Jesus. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. And the secret is, the way to receive the most benefits from the light is by sharing the light and not keeping it to ourselves. And when you start to become the light for other people, we actually get to experience more of it in our own lives. And church, we've got three weeks in this season. Three weeks where, you know what? Kindness is welcomed a little bit more. People are a little bit more open. It's a little bit different as you go out and interact with people because, you know, there's the the grumpy shopper, but there's also the little bit of a more cheerful, it's a different kind of season. And I want to challenge you. If you're in a place, and not all of us are, but many of us are, how can you be a little bit different as you're out in the world over the next couple weeks to share the light of God? Maybe you're in line at the coffee shop and you say, you know what? I'm going to buy the coffee for the person behind me. And just let them know, hey, you know what? God loves you. I wanted to buy you a cup of coffee. And you can give them an invite as well to church if that feels right. 
Maybe you're at the grocery store and you can just share with somebody. Maybe there's a family member or somebody else in your life that you can share the cheer of God. Not just an invite, but how do you actually shine the light? Right? Because we can just talk about the light, but really, how do we actually make a difference? How do we bring some cheer into somebody's life? And by the door on your way out, we have a bunch of invites to our Christmas series here, as well as our, our Christmas service on the 23rd. And it's a great season, a great opportunity to let the light shine to somebody else. And my challenge to you is going to be, and you can, my wife likes to take a picture of them and text them to people that she knows because that works good and they don't have to hold on to the paper one. Well, my challenge to you is going to be pick up at least one of those, but how many ever you pick up, and you can take multiple, commit to giving them out before this season is up. I took a bunch this week. I, took, I told the team this morning, I was like, I think I took more than I would have if I would have counted them out. But I took a bunch, and my challenge is I'm going to pass them all out before this season is over because I know that a light is not supposed to be hidden. Supposed to be shared with the world. And it can be scary. It won't be easy, probably, because those that emit light have to endure the burning of the candle. It's hard, but it's worth it. It's worth it to see lives changed. And it's a challenge, but the clock is ticking not to just receive cheer, but to be it for the world. We are not the church just for ourselves. The reason we came to San Jose and started this church and went to downtown and continue to be here, and it can be hard at times, is because not for just ourselves, but to be for the city that needs the light of God and has good for them. So I want to invite us to pray and commit to that this morning. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your light. We thank you that you sent Jesus for us. Thank you that you give us enough that we get to share it. There's more than enough for ourselves. And God, we just pray right now. We just commit that we're going to share that light this season when the opportunity arises. When the repairman comes over or that coworker says something, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to speak to us in those moments. And we just commit to follow through. That if you feel that prompting, just tell God right now that when I feel that prompting, Holy Spirit, I'm going to say yes. And I'll buy that cup of coffee or I'll, I'll share that invite. I'll share that good news of who God is during this season. If you're here today and you aren't a follower of Jesus as we continue praying, maybe you have never made the Christian faith your faith. You aren't a follower of Jesus. I'm going to invite you right now to let the light of life that is Jesus into your life so that you don't need to walk in the darkness anymore. He, want, he died for you and he wants to forgive you of your past and your sins. He wants to guide you through life and bring you life. Right now we're going to pray. You can decide to accept the light that he is offering. If that's you and you want to say, I'm gonna, I want your light, Jesus, and I want to follow you. I don't want to walk in the darkness anymore. Just echo these words in your heart right now with me. Jesus, I confess I'm not perfect and I need help. I believe you died and rose again for me. 
I choose to follow you and walk in the light. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to respond in worship. Would everybody stand with me right now as I lead us into this time? And I want to invite you, take this time as we respond to meet with God wherever you're at. I'm going to be in the back as well as some of our team. If you need prayer for anything this morning, feel free to come back there. We would love to pray for you. If you made a commitment to follow Jesus, I would invite you to come back so that we can pray for you and celebrate with you. If you feel like you've been walking in the darkness, come on back. If you feel like the weight of this world has just been so much and you need some prayer, somebody to walk alongside you, come on back. We'd love to pray for you because the reality is getting to shine the light is not something else you need to do this season. It's what is going to bring more light and life into your life this season. So we're going to do two more songs as a church. This first one, I want to invite you, make it your prayer. This song is one many in our church already know. It's called Send Me. It's easy to sing the chorus. So make this your prayer, that you would be the light that God would send you into the world that is so dark at times to bring his light. Would you sing with us, send me. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org slash connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org slash giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.